Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you're tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. All righty. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Seattle Sports Podcast, Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Another lovely week uh, with sports. You know, can't complain. I am your host, as always, Charles Hammaker. Not as much as last week. Uh, last week was kind of um, a doozy when it came to everything that we had to cover. But, you know, there's still a decent amount to go over with a couple victories uh, to go over from the past week, some losses as well. So let's get straight straight into it, going into our Seattle Seahawks uh, with a victory over the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football, 35-30. to Obviously, if you watched the game, you know that it was uh, one that came down to the wire, the last play of the game. Uh, But let's let's take a closer look into it. Uh, Russell Russell Wilson had another week of fine cooking. Uh, 21 uh, uh, 21 completions on 28 attempts, passing 288 yards through the air, five passing touchdowns, four um, two, four different wide receivers, uh, which ties the amount that the New England secondary allowed all of last season. They only allowed four touchdowns to receivers all of last season. Uh, but Russell had five passing touchdowns to five different receivers, including rookie out of Florida, Freddie Swain, but he did have the interception on that first drive that wasn't really his fault. Greg Olson had a bad day at the office. Uh, and what I mean by that is Greg Olson kind of had the ball right in his hands and it went right through him. Uh, Devin McCourty picked it off and ran it back. Um, and I don't know if it's just for Sunday night football or if it was for, you know, games in general, but after Devin McCourty brought the ball back uh, for a touchdown, uh, he, uh, he pointed to the, uh, it was a, I think it was a highlight cam or something, and he's, uh, he said two eight, we love you, bro, and that's uh, James White, of the New England Patriots, lost his father in a car accident, and his mother was in critical condition, uh, the day of the game. So, uh, you know, there's prayers out to him and his family. I uh, hope his mother's doing okay. Hope he's doing okay. You know, because, you know, you never ever want to see that happen to somebody. So. Uh, hope he's all doing all right, but th- that was a nice tribute to him. And Russell, after the game, said, "You know, he was uh, he had a heavy heart considering that someone he had played with at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, just it's uh, it, it sucks. It really does suck." Um, back to business. Um, as I said, the Patriots secondary only allowed the four passing touchdown to receivers all season last year, and Russell tied that mark in the one game. Uh, Russell currently has the same amount of passing touchdowns as every other quarterback in the NFC West combined. That's Kyler Murray, as great as everyone wants to put him up as. That's Jared Goff. I don't think Jared Goff is that great anyways. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo all together. Uh, and has almost as many touchdown passes, nine, as he has in completions, which is 11. Uh, the, there was somewhat more of a balanced offensive attack. Chris Carson has 72 yards on 17 carries over the game. Uh, Russell had 39 yards on the ground. Carlos Hyde had 22, and Travis Homer added 21 yards. DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf, that's DK Metcalf, for all you who those don't know his middle name, which, you know, it's not like a household thing to know his middle name. But anyway, he had a stat line of four catches for 92 yards with one touchdown, uh, including a 54-yard touchdown in the second quarter on the reigning defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore. Uh, it's ridiculous to think that anybody passed up DK Metcalf in the draft because they didn't like some of the drills, the drill statistics that he had. 
in the NFL Combine. I think that's completely ridiculous. And, you know, I can sit here and tell you it's ridiculous all you want, but and honestly, I'm actually okay with it because, you know, other teams screwed up. And I feel like DK is going to be a great guy for years to come. I mean, it's his second year in the league, and he just torched, you know, the best, probably the best corner in the game uh, in the reign of defensive player of the year. Like, it doesn't and, – and that defensive player of the year thing, it's not like an easy award to get. Only two corners have won it in, like, the last decade. Uh, it's him, and I, I believe Charles Woodson won it in 2010 and 2009. So, I mean, what does that tell you? to be put in the same company as Charles Woodson. Uh, Russell had a 143.8 passer rating on throws to DK. So that, that's pretty damn good. DK also played every single offensive snap during the game, which may sort of be signaling that he may be the wider receiver one going forward. Uh, just big, big game for DK. Uh, and, then, and that's not to say he didn't have one in the first game too. Uh, the defense did have its struggle through the air again. Uh, Cam Newton putting up... Uh, around 400 yards again. It's just, you know, uh, the defense allowed oh, 397 yards through the air, but did hold the Patriots running backs to only 21 yards on the ground. Uh, Jamal Adams, through two games, though, has 22 tackles, which leads the team in his top five in the NFL. Ooh, wait, top 10. My apologies. He has two sacks, four QB hits, and three tackles for loss on the season. Uh, like my father likes to say, I don't think Jamal Adams is looking bored, uh, making fun of Greg Williams there, who in the offseason said that Jamal Adams would be bored on the Seahawks defense. But I don't think – I know I know there has been some struggles with the secondaries and uh, uh, allowing the passing yards in the first few games. But it, it's – one, it's two games in. And two, you know, it's, it's when you acquire these players and acquire Jamal Adams – when you acquire Quentin Dunbar and Quandre Diggs is, you know, in his first full season as a Seahawks, it's going to take some time for this chemistry to build and to get everybody in the right groove, you know? So I wouldn't, you know, get worried like that, you know, excuse me. Um, but obviously, I, I mean, not obviously, but looking forward to this game against Dallas, I don't know if we'll necessarily see, you know, a shutdown performance against Dallas, a team that has, um, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup out of CSU. Uh, shout out to my friend Alex Sigmar. Uh, CD Lamb, you know, with that Prescott at the helm. And then you've got Zeke. So this is a, a potent offense, you know. So I wouldn't necessarily expect a really good defensive game. But at the end of the day, I'm just saying don't rush it. Uh, the injuries were a big part of this game. Uh, Bruce Irvin and Marquise Blair both went down with season-ending injuries. Uh, Bruce Irvin, his injury more than likely opens up the door for Jordan Brooks uh, to get on the field, uh, which I'll talk about here in a second, as well as potentially getting uh, second-year linebacker Cody Barton on the field out of Utah. Uh, Marquise Blair's injury brought out Ugo Amadi out of Oregon to get more playing time, and he served well. Uh, and Shaquille Griffin even said that walking off the field after the game, he said that he felt like this is a guy that could help them win games. Uh, it also made some fans wonder if there would be a reunion with Earl Thomas uh, as a possibility, but, you know, with the way that the team runs things, I don't think so. Um, I think they're happy to bring in uh, maybe some defensive line help, which I'll get to here in a second, but I really don't think they're going to, I think they're going to trust Ugo at this point and not want to, you know, necessarily have Earl back. 
um, something in the monitor, I guess, because I, you know, Pete and John Schneider are always about competition and all that, but I don't, I don't think that's something that's likely to happen. Excuse me. Um, so Marquise, Marquise Blair, uh, Bruce Irvin, and Philip Brissett, as well as uh, Rasheem Green, have all gone on the uh, IR list, which will allow them to come back in three weeks. But Bruce and uh, Marquise will not be returning. Uh, Dorsett and Rasheem Green are more of resting guys, uh, just to have them get healthy over the couple weeks. Philip Dorsett has been dealing with a foot injury that has been lingering since his time in New England. Uh, but when they when they brought Dorsett in uh, for their visit and when they signed him, they were under the impression that he was over this injury. So that's not exactly a helpful sign or a you know hopeful sign. It's kind of worrying because you know you sign a guy, you think you 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 think he has a clean bill of health, and then you find out you know as you get to the season that he's you know dealing with a foot injury. So not exactly a good thing. Uh, cornerback Lyndon Steffens and Anthony Rush were promoted from the practice squad, as well as Shaquem Griffin, a guy that I have been lobbying for to get more uh, playing time, uh, especially with the injuries to the pass rush, and he will get that chance now. Uh, I'll speak about that here in a second. Going into team news, punter Michael Dixon won the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He averaged 50 yards uh, per punt with no return yardage at all and had a 63-yarder. Uh, this is the second time that he has won the award in his career. Obviously, uh, this is his what, third year now with the team. Uh, you know, he had a really good rookie year, uh, and then last year was kind of mediocre. So, you know, to have a to having a good punter can really be a weapon. Uh, pinning teams deep in the opposing in their own territory, you know, that can be a weapon. So good to see that. Uh, Quandre Diggs was ejected in the first quarter of the game. Uh, last week against the Patriots for his helmet to helmet hit on Nikhil Harry. Uh, will not face a suspension, but he has been fined $15,000 for this hit. Uh, and Jamal Adams even made a, a sort of joke about it. He said that uh, if Quandre gets ejected again, he will unfollow him on Instagram and he will delete his phone number. So there's that. Uh, you know, Four of the five starting offensive linemen uh, graded above 70 in pro football focus pass blocking ra- uh, rating. The only guy who didn't uh, rate above 70 was center Ethan Pochich, who graded at a 28, which can't be good. But, you know, uh, I feel like, see, I want to see that's not an issue or I haven't seen it be an issue. But just looking down the line to when we're going to have to play Aaron Donald uh, and even the 49ers just – Having a center that's going to be able to, you know, stop guys up the middle, defensive tackles like Arik Armstead and Aaron Donald, uh, yeah, that's that's a little scary, um, you know. But he has shown out throughout the off season and through the, I'd, I want to say the first two games, but I'd say first game, uh, you know, that's a hopeful sign. So just hope things be able to turn things around here. Uh, after the game, Bill Belichick had something else to say about Russell Wilson. He said, I'm glad we only have to play him once every four years. You know, more high praise from one of, if not the greatest coach of all time. And the last three games before between the two uh, franchises in Sa- Seattle and New England have all been decided on the goal line. That's just... Uh, God, too too much stress. Too much stress. Um, 
Head coach Pete Carroll was fined $100,000 for not wearing his mask properly during the game on Sunday Night Football, and the team as a whole was fined $250,000 for that. The league's really sort of trying to push this, you know, the mask mandate. You know, you want to set a good example. Um, it's, it's, it's important, you know, to do so because I get that they're testing it, but, you know, you just – we as a public should be wearing them. So, I mean, you set the good example and I'm, I'd sure, or I'd hope that people would follow at least, you know, uh, no players tested positive for the coronavirus on Saturday morning ahead of the week two games. So that's obviously a good sign. Um, I had a piece here, uh, about Bruce Irvin going down or green dealing with injury on a defensive line and just, you know, a defensive line that's kind of struggle with the pass rush about the team looking to sign, former USC man Clay Matthews who has that relationship or has that, you know, prior experience with Pete Carroll, uh, some, a pass rusher that has experience and was playing well through eight games last year uh, before he uh, broke his jaw. Uh, But the team hasn't had a visit with Matthews. The team has actually a visit planned for next week with uh, former all pro defensive tackle, Damon snacks, Harrison, who uh, previously contemplated retirement this past off season. Uh, and he spent time with the Jets, Giants, and Lions throughout his career. It really could be a great opportunity for uh, Damon Harrison just because he hasn't really been on a, uh, a successful team, I guess you could say, because the Jets haven't really been anything too special in their recent years. The Giants, uh, in the in recent years, not necessarily. Uh, and the Lions, it's the Lions. Uh, so to get on a team... They could use this veteran presence in the middle. Could use a little pass rush help as well as some run stuff. Uh, help. I mean, it 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 would be. I at least I would think. I would think it's a no brainer. But you know, there's obviously more things that go into that with contracts and such. Um, but I I I you know I wouldn't doubt that the team would look at least look at having Clay Matthews brought in uh, for some defensive line help. I don't think it would hurt. Uh, someone else, uh, speaking about Damon Harrison contemplating retirement, someone else that is not ready to retire yet, Marshawn Lynch that hit, said that he would have to talk to his kids about it if the Seahawks asked him to return, but he did not rule out retiring. I mean, uh, he did not rule out playing again. So that's that's something to keep note of, but I don't know if we'll see Marshawn back with the team this year. Uh, considering that the team has Car- Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Carlos, excuse me, Hyde, uh, and D- DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, all you know on the team at the current moment. But you know, you never know. Uh, and a story came out from Russell Wilson's podcast, uh, Danger Talk. Uh, he had Randy Moss on as a special guest, and the story goes that after uh, Percy Harvin came down with injury throughout the 2013 season, the team had offered Randy Moss a contract to join the team. Uh, And the only reason that he didn't sign it was that Moss was not sure if he was physically able to. So he didn't, he told Russ that he didn't want to let anybody down. It's just, it's, it's an interesting, that that's really something to think about because it's, you know, Randy Moss, obviously at that time in his career, he wasn't, you know, the same guy that he was with Minnesota or New England even. Uh, but, I mean, he did play the previous year with the 49ers in 2012 uh, before that 2013 season. So it's it's still cool. Russell even said that, you know, if someone had told me that he would have lobbied for it, 
uh, and he said that he was going to dream about throwing touchdowns to Randy Moss. So that's it's um, it's something cool to think about, but it's it's just I think it's more of a cool story. I don't know how much he would have helped to have on the team, but you know, it was cool to think about. Looking ahead to the game versus Dallas this this week at home at one twenty five Pacific time. Uh, Dallas is coming off a big comeback win versus Atlanta in in Dallas, uh, and they did that. That game was hard to watch because at point I think at one point Atlanta was up twenty to nothing in the first quarter, and they led with fifteen. Uh, they led by fifteen points with five minutes left, and that onside kick. If you watch football at all, that onside kick, Atlanta's kick return kick recovery team just sat and watched it stupid i mean hey i don't i'm not you know the head coach of a football team but i'm also not owen two, you know so uh dallas has only generated two sacks in their first two games which may be uh attributed to star defensive lineman uh, demarcus lawrence had bothered by injury so that's something to take note of considering the two pass rushes heading into the game uh as i mentioned earlier rookie first rounder uh, Jordan Brooks will be starting at Sam linebacker for the team on Sunday, uh, filling in for Bruce Irvin and making him a rare rookie start on the defensive line. I, I mean, the defensive side for Pete Carroll, especially at this early junction in the season. Uh, speaking about injuries, the Cowboys have sustained significant injuries to their secondary with starting corners, Anthony Brown, Trevon Diggs, and Chidobia Woozy all battling injuries. Uh, the same secondary previously had Byron Jones, but lost him to free agency to Miami uh, in the offseason. Uh, two other Dallas Stars dealing with injuries are left tackle Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith, you know, one of the best tackles in the game throughout his career, you know. Uh, and Demarcus Lawrence, who I mentioned earlier, both players who can really have a big effect on the ball game. So that's something to keep note of uh, to see their injury list. Uh, something else that I would have thought would have been bigger news, but then I actually read what it was about, and it's not, you know, that in- important. To me, at least, uh, the league has adjusted its policy on crowd noise volume and has allowed teams to turn up the volume on simulated crowd noise in week three from the maximum decibel level from 70 to 80. So, I mean, that's that's cool, I guess. Uh, the league also sent out a memo to organizations about the rules of wearing masks on game days uh, while on the sidelines. So they're really you know, trying to hammer down that point. Obviously, they had this the fines. Uh, last week but you know it'll just be interesting to see what they do going forward if anybody else uh, isn't adhering to the rules uh like i said just trying to lay down the law and show they, they mean business and um that's it for seahawks news even though that's a lot um it's it's, it's it is fun to have it back obviously it's not in the same capacity and i believe that the game on Sunday would have looked a lot different had it had we uh, had the twelves in the stadium, but you know you can only do so much. And uh, at this point, I'll just take what I can get. Oops, I hit the mic. Not supposed to do that. Uh, going into our Seattle Marin, where'd they go? What the heck? There they are. Almost lost the damn Mariner notes. Uh, game week recap on Saturday versus the Padres. The team won four to one. Justice Sheffield had six innings uh, pitched with only one earned run uh, with five strikeouts. Kyle Lewis had a home run in that game. 
Uh, Sunday versus the Padres, they lost 7-4. The game went into extra innings, go, heading to the 11th inning. Uh, they headed into extra innings, tied at 3. Uh, gave up. What the heck? Gave up that walk-off home run. Not good. Um, and that kind of put is what put away the team from the playoffs. Yes, I'll say it now. They did not make the playoffs this year. There was that slim chance, and I was excited for it. But, you know, this team was a little bit ahead of schedule in that regard. Uh, on Monday versus the Astros, they won 6-1. to one. Uh, Marco Gonzalez got the win. Uh, had a 7-2 and two record there. Uh, Evan White hit a three-run home run to blow the game wide open. Uh, and the M's did not allow a run until the ninth inning. Uh, on Tuesday versus the Astros, they lost 6-1. to one. LJ Newsom only allowed uh, one run over four innings pitched. The bullpen obviously struggled there, uh, giving up five extra runs. Uh, on Wednesday versus the Astros, they won 3-2. Nick Markovicius went six shutout innings. Uh, and Ty France collected two RBIs in the win. Friday at the Athletics, they lost 3-1. to one. Yusei goes six innings. Uh, does not allow a run. Game goes in extra innings. Uh, oh, yes, game goes in extra innings. Uh, tied at zero. D. Strange Gordon uh, scored on a passed ball in the 10th inning, but Mark Canna homered uh, to give the Athletics the walk-off win. And currently, as I record this, they are playing the second game of their uh, doubleheader, so I will cover that in the last game of the season on the 27th uh in next week episode but uh you know it's it's let me read the the team knows news first uh pitching prospects george kirby entered the top 100 prospects list for the mlb joining mariners jared kelnick who is position number 10 julio rodriguez at position number 16 emerson hancock position number 31 logan gilbert at 36 taylor trammell at 52 uh and Kirby is the number 100 prospect on that list. Obviously, it's exciting to have him and Hancock on that list, as well as Gilbert, uh, three guys that, you know, hopefully you'd like to see uh, be big, big starters uh, for the team, uh, as well as, you know, Kellenick, Rodriguez, and Trammell. You know, can't complain about those guys. But, you know, just focusing on pitching, um, pitching seems to be the main issue uh, for this team. I wouldn't necessarily say that the offense is an issue, but I guess more consistent offense would help. Um, but just to have guys like like Ty France, who recently acquired, you know, Terence is Terence is all right. Obviously, to have Kyle Lewis, uh, JP Crawford, you know, he helped. He's you know not not the greatest hitter, but he still produces. Kyle Seager is still doing things. Uh, not sure how long he'll be around though. You know, but to have the young guys as you do, uh, to be able to have them produce that offense is something that's exciting, and it it will help in the future. Uh, the Athletics secured the AL West Division title. This is their first title since 2013, uh, with the Mariners' win Monday versus the Astros. Uh, so you know, Oakland is able to get that that title back. Good for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do throughout the playoffs. Uh, the Astros were the t- the team to secure the second uh, playoff spot in the division. So that also makes uh, in the 10 years that he's been with the angels, Mike Trout has been out of playoff contention nine times. That's just, that's almost sad. Jesus, probably one of the best players of all time in the game. 
And Mike Trout has only made the playoffs, I think, what, the one time more than I have? So, <laughs> God. Uh, the MLB is planning to – is they are planning to have fans at the NLCS uh, and the World Series. There's a plan in place that the league is pressing ahead uh, to have fans in attendance for both the NLCS and the World Series. So that will be something to monitor. Uh, obviously, the MLB does not have any fans uh, in any 80, any stadiums at this current point in time. The closest that we have to that is the cardboard cutouts. Uh, but with the NFL doing it uh, and college sports doing it, uh, the MLB is you know going to want to have people in there. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, and one last thing, uh, might be my last push on it before it gets announced, but the AL Rookie of the Year race should not be a race at all anymore and shouldn't have been a race for much of the season uh, as Luis Robert had a slump of 0 for 26 uh, when I was typing my notes up uh, and has had several different similar slumps throughout the season. I mean, this should have eliminated him from rookie of the convention in general. Uh, and Kyle Lewis's victory of that award should be all but sealed. And if not, we are going to riot. Anyway, uh, in Seattle Sounders news, on Wednesday the team lost at Portland 1-0. Seattle had several chances, uh, but wasn't able to capitalize against the Timbers on the road. Uh, And then last week uh, from the game prior, Nico Ladero won MLS Team uh, of the Week honors for his two-goal performance last week. So, you know, good for Nico, but... Looking back at the uh, the game versus Portland, you know, anytime you play Portland, you want to beat them, you know. But uh, just had some chances, you know. After some strong performances, uh, just wasn't able to capitalize, and they just got to be better moving forward. Uh, in Seattle Storm news, uh, the first game of the semifinals of the NBA play- WNBA playoffs took place versus a Lynx, and the team won 88-86 on an Alicia Clark uh, game-winning putback to beat the buzzer uh, in Dallas, Minnesota in Game 1. Sue Bird hit a deep three-pointer with three uh, minutes left in the fourth quarter to give Seattle the lead. Uh, Drew Lloyd had 25 points, six rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. Stewie had 21 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists, and all five starters were in double digits. Uh, on Thursday in Game 2 versus a Lynx, they won 89-79. to uh, the Storm stayed off a late comeback attempt by Minnesota to go up in the series 2-0. Drew Lloyd led the team in scoring with 20 points, added on 5 rebounds and 5 assists. Stewie had 17 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, playing around with a triple-double there. Uh, well, didn't have it, obviously, but getting close. Uh, and 4 out of 5 starters had double digits. Game five, game 1 was a, originally just supposed to take place on Sunday, uh, but was postponed due to an abundance of caution due to Seattle's inconclusive COVID-19 tests. So Las Vegas and uh, Connecticut, both Las Vegas and Connecticut played their semifinal game, but Seattle had to have their uh, first game postponed. Game three will be on Sunday at noon. So that's something to watch could go up and win the series there. Um but obviously, you got to take care of business first. Seattle doesn't have any injuries to think of. Uh, pardon me. Seattle doesn't have any uh, injuries to monitor at the current point in time. But it's uh, just it, – you got to go down and take care of business. You can't look at a team that's down 2 nothing, and, you know, just go out there and just show up. You got to go up and play the game and win the game. So – 
Sorry, I'm very dehydrated. I don't know why. Maybe it's all the talking. In UW Athletics, big, big week for the University of Washington Athletics. Uh, the Pac-12 Football Conference announced its return to play on November 6th. Teams will play seven games, and the championship game will be played on December 18th. The decision was voted on by the Pac-12 CEO group on Thursday. Uh, at this point, it is not clear as to when the conference will announce the actual seven-game schedule to see who we're playing, but a large factor in this decision to resume play would be the FDA-approved daily testing uh, that are supposed to be operational early in the month of October. Uh, in bowl game news, all college football teams uh, are deemed well, the oversight committee recommended that bowl games should start as soon as December 1st, which I don't know if that's going to work uh, with our season. But uh, they also said that every team is eligible for the bowl games, even if they do not finish above 500. So that's something to monitor uh, this bowl season. Obviously, this is a very bizarre year. But to have the bowl games like that, where you could have teams that you know aren't even over 500, That'll be something to watch uh, around when bowl season comes around and to see those different matchups. That'll be fun. But also in Pac-12 hoops, Pac-12 hoops will start on time. The conference voted unanimously on Thursday to return to basketball in time for the season to start on the 25th of November, as opposed to postponing the season and playing uh, their games uh, after the 1st of January. So that's you know something that's really interesting. And uh, a little tidbit also, to end on here, 30 Division One athletic directors have signed the Collegiate Coaching Diversity Pledge in order to expand their hiring pools. So, obviously, I like talking Seahawks, and that might have been that might be my favorite part uh, with the Mariners close by behind them. But uh, having Husky football back and Husky hoops. Um, it's interesting because I, I I said it in earlier episodes when it was being talked about, but um, I said if they had proper testing, you know, why not play the season? And now, you know, with that daily testing, you have that ability. It's just about making sure that everybody stays responsible uh, and takes care of business. The NFL has done a great job of doing that. Obviously, you have 32 teams and thousands of players. Um, and no COVID tests, you know, on Saturday before week two. So to have that, um, obviously there's more teams in the NCAA, uh, playing college football, but, um, um, it's, it's just, it just shows that it can be done, you know? So you just hope that, uh, that people are, the players and the staff and all those involved in college football that you just hope that they're able to be responsible about what they do uh, outside of being with the team. So uh, looking forward uh, tomorrow, uh, the storm play at noon, the Seahawks play at one twenty-five. I believe the Mariners play at one ten. Um Oh, shoot. I had the Sounders scheduled, too, but I don't know. I think that was last... Did I say that last week? Ah, shoot. But, um... That's, that's, that's having a Pac-12 back uh, in sporting events. That's, that's big time. 
And that that was announced, and I was like, hey, you know, I mean, I expected it when the Big Ten announced it. Um, and you know, good for them. Uh, I was just, I figured it'd happen at some point. You know, just the money that the conference makes. I, you did they, they didn't want to miss out on it. Yeah, the game tomorrow versus the uh, Athletics is at twelve ten. Uh, Marco Gonzalez will pitch. He's got a seven and two record there. So looking to add another one and go to eight and two, but uh, just you know, it's uh, it's it's good to have everything going on. Obviously, the storm season will end here pretty soon. The Mariners ends tomorrow. Uh, Sounders still have a pretty big slate of games to go. Uh, nothing Kraken related yet or Dragons related. So those are the teams we're working with. But uh, you know, it's it's a lot better than where we were in March and April. So. I want to thank everybody. Uh, the listeners haven't been up. The numbers haven't been up uh, in recent weeks, but, you know, just trying to stay consistent. Uh, still working on some things. I know that in this uh, work, line of work, that, you know, you're going to have to get accustomed to hearing no. And, uh, you know, that's just part of part of it. So still trying to work on stuff. Um, I just, I just want to be able to provide this information for people to just have something you can just click on it, have it in the background and listen to it and not have to, you know, worry about finding it or clicking through ads, you know? So I want to thank everybody who's still here. Um, and, uh, just remember Black Lives Matter. This is a fight for equality, uh, Brianna Taylor's murderers have still not been rightfully charged for the actual murder that they committed. Um, please wear a fucking mask. It's not that hard. And uh, just, you know, social distance. Wash your hands. Don't touch your... I'm touching my face right now. Stop. Okay. Uh, yeah, just uh, stay safe out there. I'll see you all next Saturday. <laughs>